Our scripture is from John chapter 14. Please stand for the reading of scripture. John 14, we'll read verses 6 to 14. While you're turning there, let me remind you that uh, next uh, Sunday evening, I know Jonathan mentioned it, but I'm going to reiterate, there will be our end of year event uh, from 4 to 7 p.m., and that is for all ages. There'll be something for everybody. There will somebody. Uh, you see, there'll be uh, there'll be bingo and a cakewalk uh, for everybody. Now, somebody said that they were afraid that if we said there was a cakewalk, folk would think that they'd have to bring a cake in order to participate. But a cakewalk means it's easy, right? You say, well, that's a cakewalk. That means it's easy. You don't have to make a cake to attend a cakewalk. There will be cakes there. So if you don't bring one, come on. If you want to make a cake, come. I, there may be a six-layer coconut cake available at that cakewalk. But come on. All right, everybody come and, uh, and uh, fellowship together next Sunday evening. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father." Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. May God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we thank you for your word. and We pray that by the power of your spirit, you would come and speak to us so we would see and hear our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and offer ourselves to him promptly and sincerely. So bless us and speak to us in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Jesus, the life. Today we come to the third thing Jesus said about himself in John fourteen six that he is the life. What does it mean really to be alive? Jerry Clower told about that old Texas millionaire. You remember, he was so wealthy, he had him a custom-made Cadillac, a gold Cadillac. And he, he didn't have to wear his glasses when he was driving it because he was so rich he had the windshield custom ground to his prescription. And he loved his Texas Longhorns, and so he had a a set of solid gold Longhorns made onto the hood of his Cadillac. And then one day, he died. And he left instructions that he was to be buried in his gold Longhorn Cadillac, in his white 
three-piece suit, his cowboy boots, and his ten-gallon Stetson hat. Propped up behind the wheel of his golden Cadillac. That's how he wanted to be laid to rest. So the day came and he was buried according to his wishes. It took several plots to hold that giant vault that would hold that Cadillac. And after his body and his Cadillac had been committed to the ground and the crowd shook hands and went home, the grave diggers lowered that Cadillac with him in it with a crane. And as the remains of that old Texas millionaire dressed in his Stetson hat behind the wheel of his golden Cadillac was let down, one of the grave diggers with his hands and his chin propped up on his shovel handle as he watched that Cadillac go down, he took a handkerchief from the pocket of his overhauls and wiped the sweat from his brow and said, Man, that's really living. So what does it mean, really, to be alive? Jesus tells us what real living is in this passage. Let's look at it. First in this passage, you see what true life is. Look at verse 6 for the umpteenth time in the last three weeks. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the life. Now in each of these three statements, as we have seen in these messages, Jesus says that he is these things. The way. Jesus is the way. He does not say, I show you the way. No, he says, I am am the way. He himself is the way to God. His death, his blood, his atonement. Yes, Jesus left us a perfect example. Peter says so. But we don't get to heaven by following his example. We don't do a very good job of it. We get to heaven by trusting what he himself has done for us. Jesus himself is the way to God. Jesus is the truth. Yes, every Jesus, every word Jesus spoke was true, but he did more than just tell the truth. He is the truth. The prophets of old spoke the word of the Lord, and Jesus is the greatest prophet, but he's so much more than a mere human prophet. He not only speaks the word of God, he is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He is God in the flesh. He is what the prophets of old spoke about. He is the truth itself. And now, today we see that Jesus is the life. 
He does not just give eternal life. He is eternal life. If you look on the top of your bulletin, we have 1 John 1-2 says, The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. That's talking about Jesus Christ. He is the life that was made manifest. He is the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us in His incarnation. Jesus is the life. Turn ahead a couple pages to John 17. John 17 and look at verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. To know God and to know Jesus Christ whom God hath sent is eternal life. And you see, eternal life is not something that begins in the future. You don't receive eternal life when you die. You receive eternal life in this life when you receive the person, Jesus Christ, into your heart and life as your Lord and Savior. John 5, 24, Jesus says, Whoever hears my word and believes on him who sent me has eternal life. He shall not come into condemnation, but has passed from death to life. He already has it. Eternal life. The one who believes has already passed from death to life because he trusts Jesus. Eternal life. Real life is Jesus Christ. It is knowing him, being one with him, and there is no eternal life outside of Jesus. A current theologian that I appreciate by the name of Marcus Johnson, recently wrote this. Salvation is often conceived of as receiving something Jesus has acquired for us rather than as the reception of the living Christ. In other words, salvation is described as a gift to be apprehended rather than the apprehension of the giver himself. To put it yet another way, the gospel is portrayed as the offer of a depersonalized benefit like eternal life rather than the offer of the very person of Christ who is himself eternal life. In other words, what he's saying is salvation is not just something that we get from Jesus. Salvation is having Jesus, the person of Jesus. 
There is no salvation outside of accepting, receiving, and resting upon the person of Jesus Christ, embracing him by faith as he is freely offered to us in the gospel. John will go on to say, he who has the Son has life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Eternal life. It's not something you earn. It's not something you achieve. It's not just a gift you are given. It is Jesus himself. It's something you have in Christ. If you have him, you have the gift, but you can't take the gift from him without taking him. That's what true life is. It is being one with and receiving the person of Jesus Christ. Now secondly and finally, In this passage, you see signs of life. Signs of life. Now let's go down to verses 12 to 14. There Jesus gives us two signs that we're alive. They're certainly not the only signs of having true life, but, but here in these verses, Jesus gives us these indications of a life in Christ. In a life in whom Jesus lives. First sign of life is doing the works of Jesus. Look at verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Now, now this is really twisted by charlatans and crooks. You remember 20 or 30 years ago that, that televangelist, uh, Robert Tilden, he was raking it in. You remember him? He claimed he was healing people. He even claimed, I heard him say, he was, he was uh, laying hands on midgets and they were getting taller. And the money came flooding in and people were sending in checks. You remember mailing him checks with their prayer request. And then a reporter discovered that they were opening the envelopes, taking the checks out, and throwing away the prayer request without even looking at it. It was all a hoax. I know some of Pentecostal and charismatic churches believe there's still miraculous spiritual gifts of healing and such. We don't believe that in ARP. We believe miracles still happen, but miraculous gifts have ceased. In other words, we believe someone can be miraculously healed, but we don't believe someone has the gift of healing today. We believe those gifts were only for the foundation of the church in the apostolic age. But here in this context, Jesus, these works are Jesus' miracles. And Jesus says in verse 12, 
just as clear as day. That they will do the works that I do and greater works than these. What do we do with that? Well, some take it that he is only speaking to the 11 apostles there, and that's only for them. We know they worked great miracles. Clearly recorded in the book of Acts. But strictly in terms of the miracles that they worked, they didn't do any miracle in the book of Acts greater than Jesus had done in raising Lazarus from the dead in St. John 11. So I don't think Jesus was promising just, uh, just to his apostles that they would do even more impressive miracles than he had done. But the church, through the centuries, down to this very day, does the work of Jesus. The work of raising the dead. Not dead bodies, but dead spirits so that people who hear Jesus might pass from death to life by faith in him. Let me give you a personal illustration. Four years ago, in July of 2014, I preached at the Appalachian Mission trip. Some of y'all were there. I preached five nights to about 400 youth from across the ARP denomination in a basketball arena on a college campus in the northeastern part of Tennessee. On the night of the second service, when it was over and everyone was leaving and I was walking across the campus to my room, a young man came running out of the arena and stopped me. He introduced himself. I'd never met him before. He was a student from one of the churches. He shook my hand, told me he really appreciated the service that night. We parted ways, and I didn't see him again that week. A month or so later, that young man sent me an email in which he told me that he had come to know the Lord and received Jesus Christ as his Savior in that service through that message that night. He had heard the voice of Jesus himself that night in that arena in Harrogate, Tennessee. But Jesus is on the throne. In heaven. But down here. On this earth. In that place at that time. He heard. The same voice. Of Jesus Christ. That the disciples heard. In that room. In John chapter 14. Jesus spoke. To that young man. Through me. Now, if you think I tell you that because I think I'm some kind of great preacher, you don't know me. And you must have never heard me preach before because you know I'm not. I tell you that 
because Jesus worked some great miracles on this earth. But I declare to you that for anyone to hear the voice of Jesus Christ through as sorry a preacher as I am and come to have eternal life is a greater miracle than raising Lazarus from the dead. That's God standing there to tell the Lazarus. Some of you have told someone the gospel message and seen that person not bow up and get offended, but bow the knee and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You realize that's a miracle. A miracle he did through you. You couldn't do it. It's a greater miracle than walking on water or healing the eyes of the blind. That's the first sign of life is doing the work of Jesus. You find that in spite of myself, in spite of my sin and my inability, Jesus is doing something through me in my life. Second sign of life, you see, is answered prayer. Look at verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Twice, Jesus says, he will do what is asked in his name. Again, this can easily be and has often been abused. We've all asked things in Jesus' name that we did not get. This does not mean you pray for a golden Cadillac and you'll get one. What does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? We have to do it. We can't leave his name out of it in order to be politically correct in 2018. Of course... The question 181 of the larger catechism teaches us because of our sin we have no access into the presence of God without a mediator between God and ourselves. And there's no mediator but Jesus. So we come through his name, through his mediation. And praying his name in his name also means praying his prayers. You think about it. Anything else in life, when we do something in the name of someone else, we are acting on their behalf as their agent. An agent has to act in good faith. If someone makes you their power of attorney, you have the power to use their name and to act in their name. But you can't do whatever you want with their stuff just because you have legal access to their name. You are required to act in their best interest according to their wishes. And Jesus here is talking specifically about us doing his works, praying in the context of carrying out his work in this world. Look at verse 
13 again. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The Father glorified in the Son. Now, I know we've gone over, but if you look back a page at John 13, 31, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Do you remember we saw this? The Father is glorified in the Son at the cross. And here Jesus says that the Father is glorified through the Son in answer to prayer through his name. The Son is consumed with the glory of the Father to the point of death. And the prayers he promises to answer are prayers directed to the glory of the Father. You see... Jesus is teaching us that he is eternal life. To have eternal life is to be united to him, bound to him, he in us, we in him. And so these are the signs of having this life. Jesus works through you and Jesus prays through you. This is what it means to live. It is to be one with Jesus Christ. About 350 years ago, a preacher by the name of Henry Scalgill wrote something that's every bit as true and relevant in 2018 as it was back then. He said in his day there were three types of errors people had on the subject of eternal life. He said the, the first, there are some people who think that having life is achieved through knowing enough. Learning enough about God. The second error is there are some who think that eternal life is about forming good habits. And you achieve well enough and you advance to eternal life. And there are some who think that eternal life is about emotional experience. And if you aren't emotionally expressive, you are not alive. What do you think life, real life, is? You think you'll have eternal life if you learn enough facts or if you are good enough or if you feel a real amazing emotional charge? That's life. Friends, this is counterfeit. This and only this is eternal life. Jesus Christ, Jesus himself, the eternal life who was with the Father and hath been made manifest to us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.